Welcome to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. I am your host, Marsha Van Weinsberg. I'm a business coach, speaker, and author of the best-selling book, When She Stopped Asking Why. On this podcast, we will use the tips, tools, and strategies used by myself and our speakers to break through and overcome the challenges in our lives. When we take radical responsibility of our choices, create boundaries, grow our courage and practice self-care and letting go of what isn't ours to control, we can completely change our stories. When we take full ownership of our stories, we take back our personal power and this allows us to impact, serve and support others by showing them that they are not alone and helping them find freedom from their stories. When you own your choices, you truly own your life. Let's dive in. Welcome to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. And today we are speaking with Coach Paula Casey. Paula and I connected on Instagram and actually on my other podcast that I co-host with Sue Rue called Everybody Holds a Story. And I knew I wanted to bring him here in order to share his story because it just fits so perfectly with everything that we talk about in the show. So Paul is, his story is unbelievable. After spending his teenage years, his 20s and 30s, in and out of incarceration, he made a massive, massive mindset shift. When his mom passed in 2013, he gave up on life and went down a very dark hole, which eventually led him to a fork in the road. He had to change everything or end up dead. The day he finally reached out for help was one of the darkest, hardest, yet most freeing moments of his life. By by participating in every self-help group or college class offered and reading every book on physical, mental, and emotional health he could get his hands on while still in prison, he changed his mindset and the direction of his life. In his mother's honor, he now helps people transform themselves to their healthiest, happiest, and most confident selves. This is such a powerful episode. We dive into all things, addiction, time in prison, self-worth, and connection. Paul's destructive path started in his young teens, and he spent most of that time really learning so many lessons, and he now shares that so openly with you today and in his life and practice in business and what he does. We dive into the power of forgiveness and how it is truly a life-changing practice to forgive yourself for the mistakes that you've made. Remember, there is no failure, only feedback, and how forgiving others for their actions can truly repair and heal relationships. This creates space for healing and doesn't mean that you have no boundaries. It means choosing what you want to carry in your life and recognizing how it affects you. Paul's passion in giving back to youth and supporting others with the lessons he's learned on his journey it's so beautiful. Really the impact that he's working with so many moms who have kids and kids are jumping into the workouts and whether it's in person or an online platform, it gives so much purpose to his journey and allows him to continue to make an impact on others. He wants to inspire others to learn how to bring their best self forward in their life. That is how he's creating the ripple effect that he's doing by sharing his story. He's exactly everything we embody on the show. And I'm so grateful to have him here today. You're going to absolutely love his story. And I encourage you to reach out, connect and follow because he will be a light of inspiration every single day in your social media feed. Welcome to the show today, Paul. I'm so thrilled to have you here. Thank you, Masha. I'm grateful to be here. Well, and this is their thing. I have, we have two podcasts. So for anybody who doesn't know, everybody holds a story. We actually interviewed Paul and then very rarely, but there is the time where I'm like, you know what? You actually have a great story. That would be great on both podcasts. So I'm so excited to have you here. Where are you from? I am from California and the Bay Area. I currently, I grew up um, in San Jose, but I'm currently living in Hayward, which is near Oakland. Nice, nice. A little bit warmer than here, right? Definitely. A little bit warmer than Canada. Yeah, there's no, there's no snow at all. <laughs> yeah, we have. We're in that stage where we get snow and then it's gone. With snow and then it's gone. So it's it's coming. It's all coming. So it's good. So you are one thing I love about. Um, we're going to dive into your story, but one thing I love about you is the energy you bring to your social media and everything that's there. And I love that because you can see how committed you are to everything that you do and that you offer. So I would love it if you would tell people today, like what you do now that lights you up the most. And we'll dive into your story afterwards. 
You know, what I do right now that lights me up the most is I just help people become the best version of themselves in any way possible. Um, I focus on fitness, nutrition, and mindset. And I just use my past experience of struggle and tribulations to show people that we've all struggled. We all have our different struggles, but the struggle is still real. And just to show people that no matter what you're dealing with, no matter what you're struggling with, it is possible to overcome it. It is possible not just to overcome it and live a mundane life, but overcome it and live an amazing life and really just, you know, become the best version of yourself. Mm. See, I love that. There's something I just love about that because it's, it doesn't say become the perfect version, become there. Like it's all about being the best version. And that is something that we are always working on every day. Yeah. And, and I mean, that even, it even goes into the name of my company, you know, a better you fitness. Right. It's not about being better than your friend down the street or someone you see on social media. I think we have a big uh, um, misconception of reality with social media these days. And everyone's like, oh, I want to be this girl or this guy. And I'm going to have those biceps and that butt or that core. Like, no, you shouldn't want that. I don't want to be like anyone on social media. I just want to be better than the person I was yesterday. Mm. Right. If today I'm better than yesterday and yesterday I was better than the day before, well, now I'm two days better than the day before that. And it just kept, it compounds. And over time, I'm better and better each and every day. Yeah, I love that. I love that that is such a a big thing because I think that's such a great message for everybody. And you said the pillars being mindset, fitness, and nutrition. Yes. Yeah. And equal components of all, one more important than the other. What's your thoughts? I truly believe that mindset is more important than the other, right? Because I believe that uh, as long as with a strong mindset, you can accomplish anything, right? You're not going to want to eat healthy if your mindset tells you that it's not fun or it's not interesting or it's not beneficial. You're not going to want to work out if your mindset is telling you, oh, working out sucks or this hurts or this is not going to work, you know? And, and in all actuality, exercise and nutrition are beneficial to your health and mental health as well. But your mindset is beneficial to everything you do in your life. You know, like like your relationship with your family members, with your significant other, with your coworkers. It's beneficial to work, to school, to anything you're doing in life. You have developed or you develop, or even those of us that have developed the mindset but continue to work on our mindsets, you know, you're able to be, you're better able to accomplish the things you want to do in life. Mm, and that that is so, so true. And what are the things that you do every day to help your mindset? So one thing I do every day, I'm not a like super religious person, but I have a spirituality about myself. Mm -hmm. um, and my mom passed away in 2013 and she was all about peace and love. And so I speak with her twice a day. I start my day off and I speak with her. You know, that's, that's my God of my understanding. Um, it, it's maybe it's not the religious belief system, but that's who I talk to. And that's who guides me through my days. So that's a huge part of my mindset. Um, speaking my truth with those that are in my life. Um, and on my social media too, I like to share the goods, the wins, but I also share the downs, right? I also share the moments when I'm struggling, when I'm having a bad day, I'm having a bad moment, you know, um, having a tight knit type, strong circle of people around me, right. is very important for my mindset as well. Um, I, I personally don't, I, I still struggle with trust issues. And, and I think that's actually beneficial for me at this time in certain areas, because I don't mess with a lot of people. I don't have a lot of friends, quote unquote. Right. Mm -hmm. I have like 10 people that I know I can call on any of those at any time of the night, any moment. And at least one of them is going to answer the call and be there for me, you know, and that's very important. And I do the same for them, you know, so me showing up for them, sending them a text. Hey, I love you. Hope you have a great day. Something very simple that only takes a three second talk to text, really. And it, it can be so meaningful both for them, but for myself as well, because when I convey love out to those that I know love me back and those, and, and even those that I have a good relationship with, and I just share a little love from time to time with different people in my life, like that just really helps me stay with love in my heart. Mm, okay. That is so beautiful because I think that when we can get out of our own head, especially when we are struggling, I'm not saying not, I'm not saying avoid your feelings, but when we are in that space, Sometimes if we can, okay, who else can I lift up today? Who can I pour something into? Because it's a win-win, right? That energy, plus the karma and energy always comes back to anyways, but it just does lift your own spirits. Yes, I, I, I completely agree. A big issue with our society these days is everyone's about me, 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 right? It's like, what can I do to make myself feel better, right? Mm -hmm. And it's all about like buying flashy cars and clothes and how can I look good for this and for that? And like, and, and, and for me, like, I don't care about that stuff, you know? Like, what can I do for you? Mm -hmm. What can I do for you to help you feel better? 
Because if you feel better, first off, I'm less focused on my trivial issues, right? Because everyone's got their issues, right? Mm -hmm. I can sit here and say, oh, poor me, I've lived this rough life. Or I can sit here and say, oh my gosh, you're struggling with cancer. You're struggling with diabetes. You're struggling, like you're overweight and you can barely walk to your car without getting out of breath. Like, how can I help you? You know, oh, you're struggling with depression. You're having marital issues. Like, how can I help you? Can you want to just go get a bite to eat? Do you need to talk? Like, and I don't have to say anything about how horrible my life is because really my life is amazing, you know, but it's, it's sometimes it's really easy for us to focus on the negative instead of the positive, you know, mm-hmm. and when I focus on how you're struggling and how I can help you, I'm less worried about where I'm struggling because really it's, it's, it's not even that important. Yeah. And that's that piece of listening, right? That we, like we, so many times, I don't know what the quote is, but that we're actually not listening. We're listening to plan what to say next. And we're not listening to where people are at. And I think that I love that you said, you know, you'll just reach out and send a message. And I've gotten into this space that I would say, especially over this last year and a half, like there are some friends, it's like, love you lots. I'll just send a message. And it's just, and, and I get those messages. I have a, I have one client who I have a lot of clients that I adore, but one particular, she'll message me and she's like, happy Tuesday. I hope you're high. I just want, you know, I'm thinking of you. And I'm like, okay, it's the simplest little things, but it really does shift my energy and just go, okay, but wait, she's got like a shit ton of stuff going on in her plate. And she actually took the time to send me this. And I just love that reciprocal back and forth piece to it. Yes, I, I totally agree. And what I've gotten, I've really gotten into lately is I like to send people voice notes, mm-hmm. right? Um, but also videos, right? I, I really, especially like on a birthday, okay? Like if I know it's your birthday, like I'll take the moment and just send you a quick video. Like, hey, what's up? Happy birthday. I love you. I appreciate the way you're showing up in the world, right? Because nobody does that, right? Nobody really makes calls no more. And I, I get the whole not wanting to call people because people are busy. People call me all the time and I'm busy. Like I have to ignore calls because... I'm right here on a call with somebody. I'm in a Zoom call with a client. I'm driving to my next appointment. I'm coaching classes at Orange Theory. Whatever I might need to do, I can't answer a phone call. But when I have a small gap in between a client, I can watch a quick video and say, hey, man, I love you. You know, and, and so I, I, I try to reciprocate that. And, and you know, um, I'm trying to remember who told me to do that. There's a coach that I, I've worked with named Coach Nate Bailey. And he mentioned it, like pick two people a day to send a message to and just, you know, one business and one personal. You know, and, and that's only two people a day. I try to do more than that, you know, and there's days I forget. There's days I get so busy and, and the only messages I send are to the people in that small circle. But if I make an attempt more often to, you know, just go, you know, I'll just scroll through my phone and just like see where it stops, you know, and like, I haven't talked to this person in two months. Like, mm-hmm. hey man, I just want to check in how you're doing. And sometimes people are like, oh, I'm doing amazing. I'm so glad you reached out. Guess what? I just had a baby or guess what this, you know, or sometimes like, oh, I'm struggling right now. I'm like, okay, well, how can I help you? What, what, you know, and I had someone say, it just happened. Like it just happened today. And the, the guy was like, can I, you know, can we get some coffee? And I was like, you know, I'm about to get on a podcast interview, but are you okay? And he goes, I am struggling, but I'm okay right now. I said, all right, I'm free Friday night. You know, uh, uh, what are you doing on Friday? My day ends early because it's Black Friday. Most of my clients don't want to work out because they have kids off of school. So what am I going to do? I'm going to go meet up with this guy, hopefully, and, and go hang out and get some coffee, you know, like, and just being able to show up for people is so important for me. I thank you for sharing all of that. And I love how you just said, Like it's recognizing that other people have stories, other people have things going on, other people have challenges and being in that space, you are very, like you are very servant forward. I can hear it in your voice and what you do. And I think that that is just even more powerful because I know your story. And I think that is just like, it just, it speaks so much volume. I say this a lot, but I'm just going to say this now and I'll say it again later. Like you can see how much work you have done and what you have come through and how committed you are to it. And I absolutely love that. So you have taken all the lessons that you've learned in your story and you're paying it forward in such a beautiful way. So take us back. What, you know, wherever you want to go to in there. Um, I know you've lived a lot of different stories in, in, a decade, a decade and a half. So wherever you want to start. Um, so, well, what is your main audience out here? Like, what would your audience like to hear? Mm. I think the, the, the turning points and the tools and the tips that they came through is that it's really like, what were some of the low points? How did you find your way through it? And what were those turning points? Because I don't like to spend a lot of time in the guts of the story because of what you're doing now is so much more important. 
But I think, I think it's just really, I think it's just important that they have context of what life was like for you and how you've turned that around. All right. Well, um, I'll, I'll kind of like breeze through my childhood and just move forward from there. Um, grew up in a broken home. Mom struggled with drugs and alcohol. Dad struggled with anger. Um, it didn't work while they were together. It still didn't work while they were apart. Both of them had their struggles. Both of them did the best they could for me. You know, um, moving forward, I didn't know how to deal with the, the, the pain from both of them not knowing how to treat me the way I felt or thought I wanted to be treated or should be treated. And I, I turned to the streets. I turned to the people in my neighborhood that were not um, doing the right things in the world. Um, I, I looked for a family outside of my home because I felt like my home was not uh, the place I wanted to be. Um, and I looked for um, ways to numb my pain and, and my feelings with drugs and alcohol. So at a young age, 15 years old, I started using drugs and I started hanging out in the streets. Um, and at 15 years old, I started getting incarcerated. Mm-hmm. And uh, from 15 to 18, I was in and out of uh, juvenile hall, boys homes, uh, mental hospitals. You know, I just like, you know, I was very like uh, I'm mentally, I was messed up pretty mentally, like, you know, like a lot of drugs, a lot of, I, I ended up homeless at 16, um, you know, because my mom would not allow me to live in her home while using drugs. And I completely understand that, you know, she was, by then she was clean and mm-hmm. she didn't want me bringing, she found drugs in my room and she's like, no, nah, you're not going to bring this in my house. You can stop using drugs and get help or you can leave. And I chose to leave. So I chose to be homeless at 16, you know, and, and I chose to run the streets with people and, and, and get myself, you know, like I go to jail for a little while. I get back out and run the streets again, you know, and, and um, I, uh, I self-harmed a bit while I was a kid um, and I ended up in mental hospitals. I've got quite a few scars up and down my arms. They're now covered with tattoos. But, um, you know, I, I definitely uh, inflicted my internal pain on myself externally. And, and then 18 years old came and I was still in that lifestyle. And I started going to jail, adult jail now, um, went to jail a few times, went to a couple of rehabs, didn't really, I went there more so to please the judges or to please my mom or make it look like I was trying. Or for a while, I was convinced that um, as long as I just smoked weed and drank alcohol, I was okay because weed's not a big deal and alcohol was legal. Um, but I'm a, I'm a drug addict. I'm an alcoholic and nothing works in my body. I can't do anything in moderation. And um, I ended up going to prison for the first time when I was uh, 19 years old and I got out when I was 21 back in before my 22nd birthday at 22 years old, I was sentenced to 10 years in prison. And and I ended up because of my behavior while incarcerated, I ended up doing the whole 10 years, right? Uh, In California, I was sentenced to 10 years with 85%. I was supposed to do eight and a half years. I ended up doing one month more than 10 years um, because I didn't behave myself while I was in there. Um, And I, I, it was a, it was an up and down roller coaster for me. Right. There was a, a lot of moments in, in prison where um, I just let that lifestyle take over who I was. Mm-hmm. Right. Engaged in, in behaviors that were not becoming of a human being. Right. And as time progressed, while I was incarcerated, um, my mom ended up passing away in 2013. And when she died in 2013, at that time, I had I had started to make some changes in my life. Um, I wanted to change. I didn't know how to change. But I had started making some small changes because that's all I thought I could do, right? So I'd started going to school, um, working towards a degree. I got obsessed with fitness and nutrition. Um, I read every book, every magazine I can get my hands on regarding exercising. So like um, I have you know 10 years of knowledge of education, not actual education. Like nobody taught, I taught myself this stuff, but it's 10 years. And then I tested it on men in prison, like, mm-hmm. I, you know, Hundreds. I've helped hundreds of people get in the best shape of their life with no weights, no treadmills, no, you know, no, no dumbbells, kettlebells, none of this stuff. You know, like we did it all with our body weight, you know, yeah. and, and, and I spent years, you know, perfecting my skills as, as a trainer, basically, and not even knowing this. All I was really doing was trying to, you know, I wanted my external to look good because my internal didn't feel good, you know. And I, I love that you just said that. Can I ask you, what did it feel like when you were helping those people, helping them in prison and you were seeing them have changes? What did you internalize that? Like, how did that feel for you? It felt amazing because like um, for so many years, I was the person people went to for negativity, right? If if they wanted drugs or, or there was going to be going to go do something illegal, like, oh, let's go get him. He'll go. He'll participate in this behavior. And now it turned into people reaching out to me for something that was positive. Mm-hmm. Right. 
And, and so now it turned out to people like, oh, we know you, you know a lot about fitness. Can you help me lose weight? Or I, you know, I've never ran a full mile without stopping, or I've never done a pull-up, or or can you teach me how to do a push-up? My shoulder hurts. Like, and, and if I didn't know how to do it already, I would go back to my myself and I'd look in my books and I'd find it and I'd find the answer and I'd just like I'd go see them again. I'd be like, oh, this is what we're gonna try. And I'd write workout plans for people and I'd lead people in workouts and and I'd seen people change, right? I see people like, oh my God, I lost, I've lost weight. Like we don't have scales like we do out here where you just weigh yourself every day, but people were like, go to medical, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, I just came from medical and I, I, I've lost 20 pounds. Like, you know, you know, like, hey man, I just did my first pull up, you know, like all that. And I was like, wow, like what I'm telling you really is working, you know? And, and then and I used it on myself as well, right? Mm-hmm. So it, this was my first, my first taste of being able to help others, you know? That's what I was wondering, that piece, if like that, how that fed back to you. And it's interesting because of all the, the things that you work on with mindset, fitness, and nutrition, but as your fitness starts to improve and you start to feel better, like the endorphins and all that start to feel better, that helps the mindset. But now you're also seeing the impact it's having on people, guys with you in prison. That's got to just keep reinforcing that all of a sudden it's like, this feels good. Like I'm doing something I like. And it felt good to be able to help people, you know, like it felt, it felt good, you know, even as a kid, you know, and I, and I, I've done a lot of work on myself and I realized that like, I will, I've always, I want, I just wanted to be felt worthy. Right. I wanted to be needed. I wanted to be wanted, you know, and, and with, you know, both my parents struggling the way they struggled, I didn't feel that as a kid, you know, and now I see that they were in their own their own struggles. Like we talked about at the beginning of this talk, everyone's got struggles. We all got our struggles, no matter what it is, you know. And now that I've gone through my own struggles, I'm able to see that and, and look back on it like, wow, my parents were just they did the best they could while dealing with their own issues, you know? And so so to feel wanted and needed felt good, right? And to feel wanted and needed by people that didn't really even know me. They're not my blood real. This is my, my mom or dad. These are people that don't know me that have no reason to want me and really want me for their own personal reason. But I felt I was a benefit to others. Mm-hmm. You know? And I ended up going uh, and, and I ended up like kind of earning my place as being needed by going to fire camp and becoming an inmate firefighter. You know, and, and this this gave that feeling of worthiness, you know, like, wow, I'm doing I'm doing something. I'm doing a service to the world. You know, like we go out and fight fires and like people that we see signs that say, thank you, firefighters. And maybe it didn't say inmate firefighters, but we're like, we're firefighters still. So we took that to heart. Like, wow, these people love us, you know, and it felt really good um, until my mom died, you know, and uh, that was another turning point, right? Like, cause you were yeah. doing the firefighting and then your mom died. Yes, yes, yes. And that well, well, even like let's just rewind a little bit. You know, yeah. I was doing the firefighting and I was at now at fire camp, they actually had weights. Okay. So now I'm training people. Like I've read all this stuff about how to do a dumbbell curl the right way and a shoulder press the right way. And now I'm incorporating weights into people's programs, right? Mm-hmm. So now people are coming up to me like, wow, look at like even from when I what I looked like when I got to fire camp in the short time I was there lifting weights a significant difference in my own body and those that I hung out around with people started reaching out to me for more information. Like, Oh, wow. Can you help me with this? And so that continued with that idea of helping people, you know? Um, and that, I think that right there is where kind of where my mom's death really kind of broke me down is because I couldn't help her. You know, mm-hmm. she, you know, yeah, she was off of drugs, but she smoked like a chimney. Mm-hmm. Right. And she didn't eat very healthy. She didn't exercise at all. Right. And now I've developed this passion for like fitness and helping people get healthy and fit. And I'm obsessed with it and like I'm eating pretty good. And, and then she dies from cancer that I mean, was it preventable? I can't speak on that. I'm not her doctors, but cancer can be preventable. Diabetes can be preventable. Cardiovascular can be preventable. Yes, it can be hereditary as well, but those three diseases kill more people in a, in a preventable manner. Like, you know, and, and so like part of me was like, damn, I couldn't help her, you know? And, and when I look at it now, I, I had a lot of guilt and shame around that, that I couldn't help her. I had a lot of guilt and shame around the fact that I wasn't there for her. You know, uh, my brother was by her side while she was dying and I wasn't, you know? And uh, when she passed away in 2013, I just, I stopped caring. Right. I stopped caring and I started using, I mean, I, 
to be honest with you, that was drinking from time to time already. And I was smoking weed from time to time already, but it wasn't like I didn't have that obsession and compulsion that comes with addiction. Like it, that I was more obsessed with exercise, you mm-hmm. know, and then that is switched. It turned around and I was, I became angry again. Um, I didn't want to help people no more. I was so hurt and I just cared. I stopped caring about others and cared more about myself again. Right. And this is why my whole life now is focused more on others because I noticed every time I just care about what I was going through, my struggles, my whole life came cr- crumbling down, you know, um, I started drinking again and I got, I got, I got in, you know, in trouble. I got kicked out of that fire camp and I got sent to a different fire camp in hopes that, you know, sending me further away would stop my behavior. Um, went to a fire camp that they didn't have the, the, the contraband that the one I was at and, uh, I had another small turning point there. I became a chainsaw mechanic and I was, you know, had my own shop it was going good, but once again, I hadn't dealt with no pain and I found a way to get my hands and actually started making my own alcohol there, you know, and then I got kicked out of that one because I got caught. And then I went to another fire camp where there was hard drugs and I was like, oh yeah, now I'm in heaven. Like now you can really give me something to numb my pain. And it was just a, it was just a downhill slide. You mm-hmm. know, it's just like, I was just going down, down, down. I was going harder and harder, further and further. Um, I ended up getting kicked out of that and I ended up getting kicked out of the fire camp system. They're just like, we're, we sent you to four fire camps. You messed up at all of them. You just you can't go to, you can't, you know, you're done, you know? It, thank you for sharing that so vulnerably. And I think it's just, I think there's so much there in what you're sharing in your story. And I can just, I, it's amazing how like pushing down, holding on to guilt, shame, lack of worthiness, all those feelings, how that continues to spiral in so many different negative ways. You know, you were feeling good. You were feeling good. And then now, now when you look back, like how long did it take you to have the realization that it was like, I couldn't help my mom. So screw all of this. Like what, what was that? Was that years later that you can now look back at it and see that as what that turning point was, is that you couldn't help your mom. And that's where it went downhill after that. Yeah. I mean, I, it's just a realization I've came to within the last year or so. Yeah maybe last two years, you know, um, I've dealt with some stuff here in the free world, very similar. Mm-hmm. And it's brought that idea up that, Oh, like those feelings have come up regarding a situation here where I couldn't help someone that was struggling. Mm-hmm. And I had to sit back and say, why is this bothering me so much? And when I looked at it, I was realized I was able to see like, okay, this ties into that. Now I'm able to, now that I've done a lot of work on myself and I've seen, I see where my internal struggles and demons are. I'm able to figure out how to work through them without reacting in a negative manner. It's a react in the, the reaction does so much. If we don't learn how to, I always talk about the difference between reacting and responding, right? Responding is choosing how I choose to respond to what you're saying. Reacting is like me literally like blowing up in anticipation of what's going to happen, or I interpret what's happening. And that wastes a lot of energy. That's a lot of energy that we waste that we could be putting back on ourselves or helping others in some way, shape or form. Most definitely. Mm -hmm. I fully agree with you. So how, what practices have made the biggest impact for you in learning how to let go of guilt, shame, those emotions? Because first off, there's no human that's not carrying those emotions. Like I think everybody in some way, shape or form is stuffing down, not feeling, holding on or numbing. And then just like feeding that guilt and shame. So I'm just would love it if you would share anything that you have helped. And I think you have already, but anything specifically that helped you with dealing with those emotions. I think a big one was um, I did a lot of writing behind this stuff. Mm-hmm. Right? I plan to do more writing, you know, like this is it's, um, growth is a, a never ending thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of writing, a lot of talking about it. Right. Um, talking with people that have either gone through it or even people that haven't gone through it, just hearing their perspective Mm -hmm. on it, but then also hearing other people going through it. Right. When I hear other people talking about the guilt and shame, they've, when I'm, um, when I'm the outsider looking in and speaking to them on their guilt and shame that they're struggling with, and I'm explaining to them, like, it's not your fault. This is where, you know, a lot, a lot of us are feel guilty and, and shameful of things that happened when we were kids and we had no control over whatsoever. Like mm-hmm. there's nothing you can do as a kid when certain situations arise mm-hmm. and we feel guilty and shameful. Like, oh, wow, this shouldn't have happened. My mom shouldn't have, have died. Like, 
there really was nothing I could have done. No. Right? Nothing. You know, and when I look at it, like she chose to smoke. These were decisions she made. She chose not to eat. You can't. Now that I work in the fitness industry, I've come to realize that you can't force people to want it as bad as you want. Like I want everyone to exercise and eat healthy and not smoke and, and, you know, be able to live long lives for their kids. And, but I can't want it more than, more than the next person. You know, I, I have, you know, I have, I've worked with a lot of people that, you know, that they've paid me, they've done some of the work mm-hmm. and then they've just stopped and I've called them and texted them. And I'm just like, how, what can I do for you? But I've done everything I can. All right. That's really common. I'm going to say it's it's common, I think, in even coaching, but in the fitness industry, I like I spent 28 years as a kinesiologist and I, I had people who literally just disappeared, they pay and then they would just be gone. Um, I had some people who were quite angry in saying this costs a lot of money and I'm not having results. But yes, I'm eating at McDonald's eight times a week. And it, this should fix it. I'm like, I've never said like you can, you cannot, I mean, three times a week of exercise is really, really good. It's, it's a great start, but if you're eating absolute garbage the rest of the time, I can't undo that. I can't fix that in an, in a fitness class. Well, and, and, and I love that you say that because talking about exercising three times a week, I don't know the statistics for Canada, but I know the statistics for the United States, right? And only 23% of Americans work out regularly. Wow. And regularly is 120 minutes a week. Seriously? So 23% work out regularly. Work out about two hours a week. Right? So that means if you're working out more, if anyone in the audience right now is listening, if you are in America and you work out three times, three out, two and a half hours a week, even you're working out more than a quarter of our, our quarter of, you know, you're in the top quarter of our entire country. Oh my gosh, that blows me away. Sorry, that absolutely blows me away. Well, like, and I tell people this all the time, like, um, you know, I I coach a lot of morning classes, you know, and I have classes that are like, you know, 5 a.m. in the morning at Orange Theory. And I have clients that come at like 7, 8 o'clock in the morning to my home gym and work out. And I tell them all the time, like, you're doing more work right now than most of America will do all day long. And they laugh like, oh, you're you're just trying to make, and I I went and did the homework. I went and looked it up. Now I got statistics behind it. Like, no, you, you literally are doing more than most of America, than three quarters of our entire country. Like, you know, wow. wow. Like, I'm pretty sure uh, America is the most obese country in the world. Which is another whole topic, but it's certainly, it's, it's really sad when you look at it as one of the most developed yeah. countries that it's like the obesity rates are there. I mean, it's, this is another wormhole, rabbit hole, whatever way you want to call it. But the one thing that I found really, really sad during the pandemic is how many things were closed, especially here, but you could get to our LCBOs, the liquor store, you could buy cannabis, you could get all fast foods. You can get any fast food restaurant, but the little taco shop around the corner that was owned by a privately owned person was, had to close. And you're watching, it was just really, it, to me, it was just a real example of like what was important and well, not to me, but like to what was important. And so it's, it's challenge. And I think, I think what you're talking about there is really, really powerful. You can, regardless of what a person's coming in with, you can't make someone change. Yeah. And, and that just boils back to, I, and it, it, it's once again, I, and I still struggle with this. I'm not going to see him like, oh, I know this off the top of my head. Like, I still struggle with this. I still have clients because right you now. Care. Because you care. Because you yeah. care. Yeah. Like, I still have clients right now that I sent a text to yesterday. Like, hey, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. No, I haven't heard from you in two weeks. Like, is everything okay? And mm-hmm. they haven't responded. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they're going to respond. And, you know, all I can really do is keep showing up, right? If you pay me for 12 weeks of coaching, you're going to get 12, you're probably 14 weeks of text messages. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and if you keep blowing them off, that's okay. Right. That's okay. But I want you to know every single time you get that text message that I was thinking about you, that I care about you and I want you to be successful. Mm-hmm. You no. Know? And, and I, that's all I can do. All I can do is fulfill my part of the deal. Yeah. And, and that is really powerful. Everybody listening. I want you to just like really hone in on what he just said there is that it really comes down to like you owning up to your part in like your responsibility. That's radical responsibility to me. You can't control how someone is going to take it, what that's going to look like, but you can control how you continue to show up. 
and, and be that root, not relentless, but just that committed to how you continue to show up. Mm. That's, that's important. And that, and that really goes back to that mindset, you know, it goes back to that mindset. Just, um, that same coach I was talking about, coach Nate, um, he has this um, book that I'm currently reading actually. And he has a saying that goes, um, who do I have to become to reach the goals I'm looking for? Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like a question we got to ask ourselves. Like if I want to do X, Y, and Z, who do I have to become to accomplish that? You know, if you want to lose weight, who do you got to become? You got to become some of that exercises. You got to become someone that eats healthy, that walks more often, you know, that, that, you know, trades this for that, you know, black coffee instead of creamer and sugar and all this extra stuff, you know, home cooked meal instead of fast food. And it's funny that they called it fast food. Cause I drive down the street and I see McDonald's with a line around the block. And I'm like, how fast is your food really going? Because you've been in line for 15 minutes. You could have been at home cooking something pretty tasty, you know? Yeah. And I, and I also just like with the, with the cost, which is another whole thing, but with the cost of, I mean, I'm sure you felt it too. Our cost of food has gone skyrocket. So I even more so focus on like, what can I, I can make a lot of food for, you know, for a certain price I can. And um, yeah, that's another whole piece of it, but I love that. Who do I have to become? And is that something that you find yourself setting kind of as a, not a benchmark, but just a focus point, like who do I have to become? Because even when it comes to coaching, some people will say, well, I want to be the coach who generates like $10,000 or $20,000 a month. I'm like, okay, but who do you have to become to do that? Like, how do you have to show up to do it? It doesn't just happen because you say it and put it on a vision board. Like you have to actually go through those steps and the action steps every day, every single day to be that person. Yeah. And, and that's true. Like you, if you want to make X amount of dollars a month, you have to be a person that earns or makes X amount of dollars like that. It doesn't just fall in your lap. You know, if you want, if you want to be a person that, you know, works out every morning, then you got to get up in the morning to work out, you know? Absolutely. And, and I, I find like, so I find this a lot with people that have, I would, I don't sorted past like myself you know i don't like sorted is the right word but but basically like i find with a lot of ex addicts or drug addicts alcoholics um ex-cons and you know people that have criminal histories you know this becomes an excuse for a lot of people right like and and you know who do you have to become to be successful in this world to become the person you weren't you know like that's a big thing for me for me, who do I have to become? The exact opposite of who I once was, right? If I'm on, if I am the exact opposite of who I once was, then I can accomplish anything in the world because I knew what that other person could accomplish. And it wasn't much, or it wasn't anything positive. You know, I've already, I've already saw saw his accomplishments. You know, the old me, that guy back there. I've seen your accomplishments, and it wasn't much. You wasn't doing very good for yourself. You know, mm-hmm. like. I was feeling really, really good when I had like a full jar of coffee in my cell. Like, what? <laughs> I was living the good life. I got some soups and some coffee in my cell. Like, no. Like, you know, I, so so for me, it's like I have to become the complete opposite. Right. Yes. And all of that is so much part of your story. And the one thing that you said to me before, which I know it exudes out of you, is like everything was a blessing. Yeah. So the mindset of a person who can live the story that you lived and be in the mindset of everything is a blessing, I think is really powerful. And I love it. I absolutely love it. How do you do that when you look back at parts of your story that as you caught whatever colorful, whatever you want to say, like you look at those parts and you're like, Oh, I wish I didn't do it that way. Or I wish it had turned out whatever. How do you cut, give advice to somebody listening who did have some really challenging parts of their past story and to be able to come to a space of knowing that everything is a blessing? Because there's this saying in the NLP community, neurolinguistic programming, right? And they say that um, there's no failure, there's feedback, mm-hmm. right? So, so when I've looked back, with, now that I've done work on myself, when I've looked back on the things I've gone through, even the horrible things that I've done or seen or that's been done to me, right? I can look at it and say, okay, what could I learn from that? Mm-hmm. I didn't learn it at that moment. What can I learn today from it? Yes. Right. 
And, and what can I use? What can I learn and then put into effect? Right. But then also it gives me an opportunity. The reason why it's such a blessing is because it gives me an opportunity to show others that it's possible. You know, like, like I said, like our stories don't have to be the same, but the feelings can be the same, mm-hmm. right? The, the pain can be the same, the frustration, the loss, whatever it might be is the same. You know, I, you know, I've, I've got clients that have never even seen the back of a cop car, but they know the pain I felt and the loneliness I felt in a cell by myself for months at a time. Mm-hmm. Right. They know it. Right. And they could, you could be in a room full of people and still feel that loneliness, you know? Yes. You hit a big word there because I do think that like, this is the most connected yet disconnected time that we have been in. Like we can be connected to people all over the world, but we can also feel super disconnected. And I think by you sharing your story, the way that you do and allow people to see your emotions, your experiences, the things you've come through, what you're, they can see themselves in your story, even if they didn't live it. And I think that was one of the biggest um, things for me to learn about stories and understanding is, is that I kept thinking I would only connect with people who had walked in my story. And that's not true at all. My clients are all over the map, but they can relate to the experiences and that by you showing them that and sharing that, I think you're helping so many of the people to connect to those feelings that you have felt. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. I would love to ask, um, because I, a couple things I know, I love how you talk to your mom. I, I, I just absolutely love that. I love that anyways, but as a mom, I love that. Um, and I think that it's beautiful because I do think we're always being guided. I do think that we are always, I have a different kind of sense of spirituality, whatever, but I think that there's always support and guidance for us if we can just lean into that. And I know you mentioned before that you really do feel drawn to work with like moms or women who have that kind of badass quality, have that strong quality. So is that, I just, I want you to dive into that a little bit, because as you reflect on like your mom's role in your life, and I love that even though she's not here, she still is here, right? She's here through you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So like, it just, it just. I just find that with like every client that I currently have, every woman that I've worked with, um, they've all had qualities similar to those of my mom, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and I love, especially the ones that actually show up and put in the work, right. I love the growth and the potential that they see within themselves, you know, because I remember my mom going from a homeless drug addict to finishing her nursing degree to helping drug addicts using her nursing degree at a rehab facility. Like I saw that. Right. And it just shows you that how much potential she had hidden within her, you know, and and I see with a lot of my clients that show up and they're like, well, I got knee issues. I can't squat. And then I see them doing jump squats and all this stuff. And they're like, Oh wow. I just did a jump squat with a kettlebell swing with this, like what the, you know, even with my online clients, you know, to, to, to get on a call, you know, with a lot of people virtually and just be on a call with someone that struggles with diabetes or someone that is uh, going through a divorce or like, these are just some of the things, you know, I've, I've come across someone that's, you know, in the midst of this pandemic, people that, you know, Hey, I live with my, you know, 80 year old mom that, I'm not willing to go risk her life because I want to be healthy, but at the same time, I don't want to risk my own life by not being healthy and, 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 and seeing the, the willingness to put in the work. Right. And then having them message me like, Oh, I just finished week three and Oh my God, my, my, my abs are on fire. My arms are burning. I'm sweating. I burned you know, 600 calories. I feel so good. I'm about to drink a protein shake and a banana because that's what you always tell me to eat. And, and, and you know, they get a message like, Oh, I just lost four pounds. I'm feeling stronger. You know, I've got, you know, and, and currently all my clients are women, you know, and I don't just target women, right? It just, it just ends up that way, right? Like, like I, you know, I'll work with men and I've worked with men, um, but, and it's weird because like I've spent all those, you know, a decade in prison helping nothing but men get healthy. Like I took myself from 160 pounds to 205 pounds of muscle in prison. Like I know how to take a man and build, make a man, like build a Greek God out of a man if I needed to. But for some reason, men just don't vibe with me. And I know like, I'm okay with that. Like whatever, you know, like I know I'm really good at what I do, right. I can get anyone results that they're looking for. And it just, it just seems like, you know, once again, my mom is always, you know, showing up the way she shows up, you know, Mm -hmm. 
I don't believe in coincidences. I don't believe in anything's an accident, you know, like, oh, this just accidentally happened. I don't believe in luck. You know, I believe that everything has a purpose, right? And, and everything is, there's a reason for every single thing that happens. You know, if I, you know, miss a light because it turned red before I can go through, there's a reason. There might be, an, I might have gotten hit down the street. I might, you know, who knows? You know, that's, that's, you know, it is what it is. And I just got to move forward with it, you know? And, and I find that the more that I have, um, that mindset, the better things become, you know, I can surrender to things. Okay. This just happened. Why did this happen? What can I do about it? Let's pivot and make the next move. Mm -hmm. Instead of spending so much time in that space of being angry about why did this happen? Yeah. Yeah. That's a massive being pissed off that it happened. You can spend two days fixing it. Yeah. It's, it's some, it is something, right. It's like, and so when I talk a lot about like being in our story and on our story. So when we're in our story, we're in that space of like replaying the scenarios over and over, wasting energy, being angry, blah, 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 all the things. But on our story, when we have perspective, we can actually do something with our story. We can look at it and look back and go, this is why I've learned what I've learned. And now I can do something with it. I definitely see you as someone who is on their story. There's no question, like no question whatsoever. And I'm curious, like, can you imagine where life would be for you if you were not in this space of being on your story, reflecting, doing something with your lessons and what you're doing? Oh, I'd probably be dead. Yeah. There's no doubt in my mind I'd be dead or I'd be doing life in prison. No doubt in my mind at all. Um, I don't know the, the, the laws in Canada, but in California, especially we have a three strike law, three strikes, you do a life sentence. I have two strikes already. There's. There's, you know, one violent crime is all it takes. And that can just be pulling a gun on someone like I did last time. And I'm, I'm done. I'm washed. I'm never to come back, you know? And, and, you know, in all actuality, like I was in prison with people that have been in there for 40 years that are still hoping to get home, you know, seen it, right? Like, like wow. people go to prison and they get forgotten about, but I've been, I've been right there in, in a meetings, in yoga classes, in school, college classrooms with people that are old men that have been in prison since they're 18, 19 years old and now in their late fifties, still in good shape. Cause all they've been doing is working out for all those years, but like sitting there, like, you know, mm -hmm. you've been here for 40 years mm -hmm. you know, and you're just doing everything you can to get out. Like, I don't want to be that person, you know, but yeah. I'm not, not just to, I not want to be that person, but I want to stop others from being that person as well. That is powerful. That is really powerful. Again, that's like not just for your benefit. It's like making impact and paying it forward, paying it forward for people who are ready for doing that work, for listening, for whatever that is, but like really paying it forward for the people who want to create change. Yeah. And, and that's, and I honestly think this is another reason why my mom or the universe keeps sending women to work with me. And pretty much everyone that works with me has kids, right? So if I can help you establish a healthy habit with eating healthy and exercising regularly, you know, like I've got, uh, you know, I've got some clients where I've trained them at their houses and their kids have joined the workouts, you know, or their kids are watching it. You know, I've had clients send me videos of their kids doing burpees. Like, look, they saw us working out or they saw this or, or I showed my kid how to do a burpee and look at them doing it. You know, like, and this is like setting that example, you know, we can set an example for, for our kids and, and that, that can set them up for success in the future. In, in fact, the only males that I work with are two kids. You know, I work with a, a, an 11 year old and or a 12 year old and a 13 year old, you know, mm -hmm. they're brothers and I work with them separately. Right. Because they're a different paths in their life, you know, and they don't want to work out together. You know? I, knew, I knew that already. But like it's, it's the same thing, you know, like and even on uh, on the first of December, I'm going to go to a local high school and talk to some kids like, you know, like it's just it's just the more I'm on the right path and doing the right things I'm supposed to do the more these opportunities present themselves and, and let's be realistic, you know, like, cause I, I was talking about how, how like for me, it's about just helping others and giving back, you know, um, I'm going to cancel a whole day of clients, which is several hundred dollars worth of money for, to go to this school and speak to these classrooms, you know, but there's a purpose for that. There's a reason like, you know, huge purpose, and, huge, yes, most definitely. Huge. And then I was going to ask you, I wanted to ask you about that is like working with youth. I knew you had the two, um, the two boys that you were working with, but it's interesting because I think, um, and I've shared my story with you is when I was dealing with this, with our boys, 
I got to a point where it was like, I can no longer spend my time and energy trying to fix them because I've tried everything I can and it's not working, but I have to learn how to make better choices for myself and stop blaming them for where I was at in my life, which is literally what I was doing. I openly say that. And I had to learn how to put my needs first and take care of me first. And it's interesting because that's literally the things they had to choose to do too. I didn't know that at the time, but it's interesting. So I think that even though you only have two youth you're working with, because you're making such a difference with so many moms who have kids, you're impacting way, your ripple effect is way more than the clients you have. It's way bigger way bigger. Like it ripples into all of, into all of that. And I think that that's an absolutely beautiful thing. I want to ask you, because I think this is an, I think you can have a perspective on this to share with others. What role has forgiveness played in your journey? You know, I, I really like that you've asked this. Okay. Um, I just had a situation since we last met, I've had a situation where it's just come up. I, I spoke last time, you know, and I don't want to go too deep into it, but my dad had anger issues. Okay. Mm-hmm. He didn't always know how to respond properly with his anger. And I understand now that that's just how he was raised as well. You know, he was raised that way and he thought he was doing the right thing for us as boys. He wanted us to be men, he wanted us to be tough. And I get that now. Right. I get that. Didn't work the way he hoped it would. Right. Since getting out of prison, you know, I've redeveloped a relationship with my father, you know, and and I've forgiven him. I have forgiven him. And we've had conversations and we've both made amends and he's apologized for his mistakes. I've apologized for mine and we're cool now. Like, uh, and and it's like, um, being able to like, he lives, you know, three, four hours away from me. And like, I went up there a few weeks ago and I just spent it. Like I, I worked all morning. As soon as I was off, I drove straight out there to Sacramento about three hours out, spent about three hours at his house and drove three hours back, you know, all one day. And, and it was an opportunity just to go hang out with him, you know, like, um, and, and, and if I had not forgiven him, that opportunity would not be there. Right. Um, forgiveness is super important because it's, it, it wears on the soul when you have grudges against people, you know, it wears on the soul, you know, and how am I supposed to give back to the world? If my soul is tainted by my grudge or frustration or my ego, you know, there's a lot of ego that goes into not forgiving somebody, you know, and, 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 and how am I supposed to make it like my whole purpose is to make a difference in this world. How am I supposed to do that? If I'm still worried about what someone did to me 20 years ago, like, come on, man, that doesn't even make sense to me. You know, like seriously, like, and I, and I get that it's not easy to let things go, but the more things I've let go, right. The easier things have gotten, you know, and, and don't get me wrong. Like just cause you forgive someone. And I want the audience to understand just cause you forgive someone doesn't mean you still have to let them back into your life. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for saying this. Cause I, I love that. Keep going. Sorry. Cause there, there's going to be people and, and, and I'm at a point, I'm at a place in my life where I'm on a, I'm on a path. Okay. I know, I don't know where the end is, but I know the current destination. Okay. And I'm currently, and I'm adding to that destination as time progresses. And I stay focused on that path. And the people that are meant to be on that path are there. They stay there. They ain't going nowhere. They show up when they show up, just because I, just like I show up when I show up for them. You know, the people that are not meant to go on that path, something ends up happening that shows me, hey, nah, I can't, I can't mess with you. You know, and I've had that happen recently. I've had a few people that I thought were friends. Mind you, I don't talk to these people very often because I'm on a different path than them. Mm-hmm. Your path is going this way. My path is going that way. But you're still my friend. I still got love for you until you step over, step a boundary. And then all I can do is say, okay, well, I love you. I forgive you for treating me this way, but I'm not willing to accept that in my life. I wish you the best of luck on your journey. And I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with deleting you from my Facebook, blocking you on my Instagram asking not to call me no more and just moving on with my life because I know my path. Right. And I'm okay with, you know, that, like, like I said, I've got a small group of people that I trust with my life and they're all on a similar path. And as I keep growing it, as a human being, as a coach, as just, you know, a, a healer, whatever, a believer, whatever terminology we want to use, like as a person, as I keep growing, more people fall off and the ones that are meant to be st- get stronger, you know, Yes. 1000%. More people will fall off. 
And I love how you've said that in the sense I've lost many people over the path over the years. And I mean, in the beginning, I definitely went through the resentment of an anger of like, how could they not be there for me? Like, how could they not? And then it was like, how could they behave that way? How could they do that? And then also I was like, oh my God, Marcia, just stop. Like, this is just, it's, it's just wasting. I always go back. Energy is our one resource we have. We can make more, we can create more, but it's our one, one resource that we have. So we can hold on to all of these anger, resentment, all the feeling, but it doesn't change anyone. And in fact, it just weighs us down. Yeah, it does. And and what's even worse is when we hold on to those, we take them into our next relationships or friendships. We certainly do. Right. And I find that when I don't, I haven't forgiven someone else for something they did. I take that into, I take that on to someone else and I project that onto someone else that has nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, you know, we hear it all the time, you know, people get cut off in traffic, they get pissed off, they go to work, they're mad because they got cut off. You know, the person at Starbucks didn't make their coffee, right? Which is a very small detail. Oh my gosh. You didn't get yours and you got three or whatever, like, and they flip out in Starbucks, you know, or, or they get pissed off and they go to work and then they flip out on their boss and then they end up getting fired because they yelled at their boss. And their boss didn't do nothing but their job, but they're mad at Starbucks and the person that cut them off. Like it's a snowball effect. And it's like, whoa, let's just like, okay, that dude cut me off. Cool. You probably need to get to where you're going faster than I did. I'll be okay. You know? Yeah. And I've actually, there've been a couple of times where I'm like, okay, well, maybe I'm not meant to get there at this time. Like I, like you even said that there, there have been times I've actually watched people cut me off and then see an accident happen right up in front of me. And I'm like, okay, well, thank God that happened. What thank God that happened? Yeah. It's a perspective, it's right? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I love it. I'm so glad. Thank you for sharing that piece on forgiveness. Cause I really did want to ask you about your dad. I just wasn't sure where that relationship was, but I think that that is so powerful. And I, um, I'm just going to speak as a parent. I'm sure you've probably given him so much more freedom in his life because he doesn't need to hold on to any of that either. Well, and and even, and even to tie into that a little more, because I didn't even realize uh, uh, unbeknownst to me that I was actually still causing pain in his life currently. Right. Because I share about my mom all the time. I talk about my mom all the time. Like, but for the most part, I remember the bad things with my dad. Okay. And, and, and I think a lot of that is I've blocked out the good, unfortunately. I remember the good now that I've realized. So I've got this realization over the last few weeks. And now I've like sat here and like reflected on some things, you know, like, okay, this and that, you know? And, and when I went to see him on, it was actually on um, Halloween, um, which is an interesting thing because, so my mom lost custody of us and she got custody back of us on Halloween. So she changed Halloween to gotcha day because that is the day she got us. She's like, that's the day I gotcha, right? So this was like a holiday for us growing up. Like it's gotcha day. It wasn't Halloween no more. And not even thinking about it, somehow the only day I was available to go see my dad was on Halloween. Not intentionally. And then I was like, I'm going to go see him on gotcha day. No, it just made, it just happened that way. Once again, my mom like slid down, like here, go see your dad. And when I had this conversation with him, he goes, and he told me, he said, and he goes, I'm sorry that the only things you remember are the bad things I've done, you know? And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, well, I I see your stuff on Facebook and Instagram and, you know, like you always talk about your mom and this and that. And when you mention me, it's always the bad things, you know? And he goes, I'm sorry. And he made his apologies to me. And I had already forgiven him at this point. I was already over that stuff, but I didn't realize that still talking about it and mentioning it was affecting him, you know, because now that I look at it, like he did the best he could, Right. And now that I've like looked at, it, I've actually spent more time reflecting on the good stuff that he's brought to my life. And one of the like great things uh, um, that I've been reflecting on recently, I actually have it out right here. So while I was at his house, so he's, he, we grew up doing martial arts. Okay. And um, it was at my uncle's school, which is my mom's brother. So when they got divorced, we stopped going to that school. But my dad was like a black belt. He was an instructor at that school. Like he was really up there. And so he gave me this book when I went and saw him and it's a, it's his, he's had this book for probably like 20 years, wow. Wow. maybe longer, you know, like maybe 30 years actually, since we were like kids, like we stopped training at like 12 when my parents got divorced. So he's had this book in his possession for almost 30 years. He gave it to me because he's got a bad arm. He can't practice. And he gave me this book. He was like, I don't know what belt you're on, but this, this, I want to give this to you. Right. And that made me really reflect about training the things that I trained with him as a kid, you know, like 
you know, there wasn't always bad stuff, you know, and by forgiving him and being able to open my eyes to that, like, I wouldn't even realize that if I was still holding on to that grudge. I would still be so focused on all the bad stuff. I couldn't be realizing like the things my dad did that taught me that come into my life today. Like there's a lot of aspects of my father that are in me that I didn't realize, you know, because I assumed all the bad stuff came from him and the good stuff came from my mom. But after forgiving him and realizing, no, I got good and bad from both of them, you know? <laughs> yes. I've actually said to my kids many times, I'm like, I promise you I made mistakes. I promise you I've made like big mistakes. I can promise you I did the best I could. I can promise that, that I, I gave it everything I had. And that I will own those mistakes because I, I just, I always joke, like you guys didn't come with a manual. Like I literally had to figure that shit out as I went through and you did not give me an easy road, but I did the best I could. And I think that's a, that's a piece of it to say, like, I not being in a space of like, you guys have screwed up all of this. That's where I was for so long. And then it just had to, I just like, it's just, it's hurting my relationship with them. It's hurting me. It's not fixing anything like this mentality has got to go. Like it's just not serving. And so, yeah, I find it very reflective when I hear people losing their mind over things and I'm just, yeah, whatever I had, I had somebody say, well, I'm just going to follow my gut here and share. I had somebody say, um, once that, you know, their, um, their nephew came out of the closet and that was like the absolute worst thing in the world. I'm like, what? Like, like, what, how is that? Like, you got, like, how is that terrible? Like it's, I can think like, it's just not, it's a perspective thing. Right. I just want my kids to be happy. I literally want them to feel loved and, and be happy and do something that they love doing. Literally. That's my, it's funny when you're younger, when your kids are younger, you have all these goals of what you think they're going to do. And then it's like, you get to an age and most parents who have older kids, they totally recognize this. You get to an age where it's like, I want them to be happy and healthy. I want them to be self-sufficient humans. I want them to like be able to make decisions on their own. I just want them to be healthy and happy. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was just such a shift. Oh, I love, I love talking to you. And I love that we took this conversation in so many different ways. What I want to just share where people can find you and the best ways to work with you and things that you offer and do. Okay. Um, you can find me on Instagram. It's probably the best place to get a hold of me. Um, T H E underscore coach C O A C H underscore Paul. So the coach Paul, um, Also, you can find me on Facebook, Paul Casey. Um, And then you can also find me on, uh, I also have a Facebook business page, A Better You Fitness. And what I do is I focus on uh, mainly online coaching. I do online fitness, nutrition, and mindset coaching. Um, I have a big launch coming up for the New Year's for my Better Body University, which is my flagship program. And it's, uh, I focus on my M3 method for total body transformation, which is your mindset, your metabolism, and your muscle, right? And uh, I use those three aspects to help my clients reach uh, full body transformations. So I got a big launch coming up for the new year. So I can help people just really move into the new year with some purpose, with some, um, some guidance. And, and, and I'm just really excited about that launch coming up. It's going to be like, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. So looking forward to that. So I'll be sharing a lot about that on my social media coming up soon. That's awesome. I'll make sure everything is there in the show notes for people to reach out and connect to. And um, definitely if you are looking for support, the beautiful thing now is you can do all kinds of things in the online space. So you can connect with some of the most impactful people that you need in your life can be across the country. That's the, that's the beautiful thing about social media. So I love that you're doing that. And I will definitely make sure that that is all there in the show notes. Last question for you is what lesson in life are you most grateful for? Question. I like to stump people. Huh? I like to stump people. There's no right or wrong. Whatever your gut tells you. What lesson in life am I most grateful for? Forgiveness. Mm-hmm. The opportunity to learn how to forgive others, but also forgive myself. That right there is like the biggest thing because not being able to forgive myself for the things I've done or the things that I've been through has weighed on my soul for a long time. And now that I've forgiven myself, I'm able to turn around and just be an asset to others. I love that answer. I love that answer. And I'm so glad that that was the one word I really wanted to talk to you about today was was forgiveness, because I feel like, you know, we all are so hard on ourselves for the stories that we live, the, the mistakes that we make, like whatever we label that. 
And I actually just shared something because I can be like, I can be definitely my, my own biggest critic, hundred percent. I own that. Um, and when I find myself into a nitpicking of like what I didn't get enough done yesterday, I didn't do this today. That's all very granular and small. And my reminder to myself is always to zoom out. And if I zoom out and look at what have I done over the last six months, what have I done over the last 12 months? Where is that? It's, it's just a different perspective because if not, if I stay granular, I can be really hard on myself. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. So forgiveness is so huge. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you so much for this conversation. I have adored you. I like literally love what you're doing. And I think you embody everything that we talk about in the show. And thank you so much for using your story to help so many other people. Thank you for allowing me to do so. Absolutely. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. If you love this episode, please submit a rating and review on iTunes and please share it with someone you think could benefit from hearing this message or this podcast. I love connecting and meeting you. So please screenshot the episode and tag me on social media or Instagram stories at Marsha Van W. And until next time, remember when you own your choices, you truly own your life.